Hey, 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 welcome back to the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you again to everyone who entered last week for the 10,000 download giveaway. All you had to do was leave a written review in iTunes. It was super easy. And that winner got to do a free self-care coaching call with me. Now, I know we're still going through a lot in the world right now, but I still would love to hop on a self-care coaching call with you to help you figure out what's going to be simple and sustainable for you as far as your self-care routine to help you feel your best. So make sure to head to the link in the show notes and let's get this episode started. Hey friend, welcome to the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I'm your host, Emily Nichols. As a Whole30 certified coach, wife, busy working boy mom, and your self-care guru, I'm here to help you start putting yourself first without the guilt. Each week, you'll hear motivating and practical tips on how you can create a habit of self-care through interviews with my amazing guests or quick solo episodes with me. After each episode, you'll walk away with an action plan and feel empowered to implement what you have learned into your life. So grab a cup of coffee, glass of wine, or your favorite sparkling water, and let's do this. You're listening to episode 45 of the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. Gang, I'm so excited to have you all here today with my guest, Dr. Laura Ricciardi. So Laura is a fellow Whole30 certified coach, and she's currently expecting a baby. So exciting for her. But we had a really great conversation about how her vision of self-care has changed over time, and especially now while expecting a baby. And you know, with everything going on during the quarantine, she shares a few tips for anyone else that's expecting during this time that maybe having some feelings that you didn't realize would come up due to missed opportunities for baby showers or connecting with loved ones during this very special time in your life. Let me tell you a little bit more about Laura. Like I said, she is Dr. Laura Ricciardi. She's a fellow Whole30 certified coach, wellness enthusiast. She's actually a research psychologist, a newlywed, and mama to be. So she's super passionate about helping women find their food freedom and switch to safer products. I love that. So in her free time, you can find her in the gym or in the kitchen creating new recipes for her series called Whole30 for People Don't That Don't Cook. <laughs> you know, that sounds a lot like me too. And she's in Mount Vernon, New York with her husband, Adam. Like I already mentioned, I really enjoyed this conversation and hearing her perspective about how self-care changed for her, but also particularly now while expecting a baby. So a lot of nuggets of wisdom from Laura. Make sure you stick around to the end of the episode where I share my three biggest takeaways. So sit back and relax. Enjoy this conversation with my friend, Dr. Laura Ricciardi. All right, gang, welcome back to the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I hope everyone's doing well. I am here with my special guest, Dr. Laura Richardi. Laura, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited to dig into this conversation. But before we do, I need to ask you one question, Laura. What does self-care mean to you? 
Right. So to me, self-care means incorporating practices and habits into my life that will help build and maintain my health and wellness. Mm, that's good. That's good. Well, and it is all about habits too. And I think sometimes people don't give themselves enough time to build up those new self-care habits. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Cool. Well, let's talk about you a little bit more. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you've been and what you do now? Yeah. So um, I'm originally from rural Massachusetts and I moved to the Bronx, New York in 2012 um, when I was one year out of my undergraduate degree and I was pursuing my PhD in applied developmental psychology, um, which I finished in 2016. And um, at the tail end of that, when I was completing my dissertation, I started working full-time in evaluation research, um, specifically related to education. And that's what I do now. I now work in consulting in that field. Um, and so that's sort of my day job. Okay. <laughs> um, so I now live just outside New York City with my husband. We were just married um, in September. 2019. Um, and I'm pregnant now, 21 weeks pregnant with our first child. So I'm due late September, early October. On top of that, um, I can talk a little more about the background of this, but I am a Whole30 certified coach. So I completed my first Whole30 back in 2015 when I was in grad school. And it was partially because I had some digestive symptoms that were pretty mysterious and I was trying to figure out what the cause was. But honestly, it was mostly just because I like a challenge and, um, and I was starting to become really interested in, in health and wellness and nutrition. So that was why I completed my first one. Um, and it took me a little while, but I came back to it and I completed it again. And I would say I started noticing real differences in my relationship with food after like the second and third one. It took, definitely took me some time um, and maturity kind of to see the whole 30 in that way. Um, but it's had a really profound effect on my relationship with food over time. Um, it's just taken me some time to get there. And I mean, I think it's something that I'm always going to be working on. And I still continue to do Whole30s every now and then. But it has contributed to my my view of self-care, which I know we'll talk about more. But um, it's helped me to see food and nutrition and exercise as ways that I can contribute to my own health and to care for myself instead of just as a means to stay skinny. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. For sure. For sure. Well, and I think that's a big misconception about Whole30. It's like in 30 days, your lifestyle isn't going to necessarily permanently change or your relationship with food. It's going to take some time to kind of build up new habits. And there's a lot of psychology behind Whole30 and relationships mm -hmm. with food, your relationship with food. What don't you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So well, let's talk a little bit more about Whole30 kind of led you down your own self-care journey. So like you said, you're 20 week, 21 weeks pregnant right now. Do you know what you're having? 
I don't. We're going to be surprised. Oh, <laughs> We've been watching a lot of um, America's Funniest Videos at my house with my boys, and there's so many, like, gender reveal, like, party, like, oh, <laughs> videos going <laughs> wrong. <laughs> so it's so funny. That totally wasn't a thing when I had my kids, but we've been <laughs> enjoying watching those as a family. But, you know, how has becoming pregnant kind of changed your perspective on self-care and how you got to this journey, you know, maybe even starting with Whole30. Okay. Yeah. So I have always been a type A perfectionist kind of person and I would describe myself in the past as sort of a self-care skeptic. So self-care was not on my radar at all. I remember when it started I started seeing memes and things about it online and I was like, self-care is so bougie. It's like (laughs) you have to go to the spa and spend spend a whole bunch of money. And like, those were things that i never did. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't really understand the importance of the intention behind self-care, the intention behind the actions that make it self-care. But I was really just interested in being very, very productive all the time. Um, So, I mean, when I was in school, I was studying literally day and night, seven days a week, just constant. Um, When I wasn't studying, I was in the gym and still very dedicated to um, health and or to nutrition and fitness really as, like I said, a means to stay skinny. It was all very much about aesthetics for me um, and not really so much about my health. And I wanted to, to... see health and fitness as important to my health, but I just didn't embody that. I knew I didn't. So um, as I said, I did my first Whole30 in 2015 um, as kind of a challenge and to help with some of these digestive symptoms I had been experiencing for years. Um, I also started boxing around that time. And so I, I boxed for about three years. I absolutely loved it, loved the intensity of it. Um, and that's actually where I met my now husband, Adam, who was a trainer at my boxing gym at the time. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. It was a great workout. It's such a- yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't think people realize how much it works your core. Mm-hmm, yeah. It really works everything. Yeah. So I loved it and it played a huge role also in my view of diet and fitness and my body and um, viewing the food I eat as fuel and helping me to fuel these really intense workouts um, and just seeing my, my giving my body a lot more credit for the things that it could do. So that had a huge impact on my relationship with my body and with food. Um, but anyway, I was, I was really, really busy. So I was still <laughs> finishing my dissertation and working full time and boxing like five days a week. And I had this new relationship (laughs) was trying to maintain, but this was how I had always lived my life. Um, I was always trying to be very productive, very efficient. I always had multiple jobs and lots of competing priorities. I had to have every single second full and planned. Um, and I had to be the best at everything I did. (laughs) Um, So I really honestly prided myself in my inability to rest. Like I couldn't sit and just watch a movie. You know, my husband had to force me to sit on a Saturday night and just relax and not be cleaning the kitchen and things like that. So we got engaged in November, 2018. And then I got my Whole30 coaching certification in April, 2019. Um, I had started becoming more and more passionate about 
how Whole30 had helped me and improved my life. And I basically was already coaching people, um, just sharing about the Whole30, guiding them through it, um, just really enthusiastically encouraging people to do it. Um, so the certification made a lot of sense to me. Um, so I started immediately hosting groups and coaching clients um, while also planning <laughs> what ended up being really like two or three weddings. It's <laughs> a long, long story, but um, <laughs> we got married in September 2019. And by this point, I was completely burnt out. Mm. Um, it was just a lot. It was a lot. I was very stressed. Um, so shortly after our wedding, I was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue. And this is when I started to really learn to embrace self-care. So unfortunately, like a lot of type A people, it took like a, a little bit of a health crisis for me to learn to take care of myself. I really just pushed myself until it got to that point. So um, you know, my husband and my doctor really guided me in how to scale things back and just take it easy and what practices that I should, you know, put on pause for now and what practices I should start to incorporate. And so I gave up boxing, um, which was really hard for me, um, being such a large part of my identity at that point. But I stuck to restorative, low intensity exercise, like yoga and walking, um, some strength training. I took a month off from my business after coming back from our honeymoon just to rest. I started going to bed really early, <laughs> like eight o'clock. If I was tired, I went to bed. Um, I really just prioritized my sleep above all else. And I started meditating every single night, which helped me to calm myself. I would meditate in the morning if I, if I felt stressed, um, which was something I had talked about doing for many years, but I finally created a habit around it and it's been life-changing for me. Um, so I mean, and I gave up caffeine also. That was another big part of it for me. Caffeine, <laughs> caffeine made me feel anxious. Um, I definitely, I, I drink decaf coffee every day. I love coffee, but I can't take the caffeine. <laughs> so yeah. I gave up on that. <laughs> That's really brave <laughs> because honestly, well, it's interesting. I think you and I have talked about this before last year. I was suffering from adrenal fatigue as mm -hmm. well. And it was the same thing. Like I was overworking and mm -hmm. overworking out. And, um, can you explain a little bit about what adrenal fatigue feels like? Cause I think a lot of people are talking about it, but people are like, what is adrenal? Yeah. Fatigue? <laughs> I mean, for me, it just felt like complete exhaustion all the time. And like, even if, I mean, I, I definitely had a little bit of that wired and tired feeling at night, um, which I think is, was really the cause and not necessarily the symptom, but I couldn't calm my mind at night. It was just constant, like constant thoughts spinning around. And then, um, sometimes I would wake up in the morning and it would start immediately. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't be able to go back to sleep. But even if I did sleep, I was just so tired all the time. Um, it wasn't as bad as like first trimester fatigue, but I would, I would say it was pretty, pretty close. Yeah. Um, I just felt like I really just felt burnt out all the time. Yeah. Well, it, it's so ingrained on social media right now to like hustle, hustle, hustle. Mm -hmm. And like, you can sleep when you're dead or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> like yeah. that's no way to live a life. So that kind of led you into, you know, physically having to take a step back and finding a new version of self-care for you. 
Right, right. Because unfortunately, if you don't slow down, eventually your body is going to force you to do it. And it's not necessarily going to be at the most convenient time. It's probably going to be at the least convenient time <laughs> when you have the most going on. And that's when your stress level is the highest. So mm-hmm. that's definitely what happened to me. <laughs> yeah. um, but once I started changing my lifestyle, even though it takes a while to heal from adrenal fatigue, mm-hmm. I really felt better in some ways immediately. I felt so much happier and healthier. Um, just much more carefree, just kind of giving in to, you know, if I don't, I don't need to meet these self-imposed deadlines all the time for my own business. Like if I feel tired, I'm going to go to bed, even if, you know, there's something else that I maybe should be doing, <laughs> things like that. Um, just not pushing myself to the limit. I've, I found felt surprisingly good after all these years of, of being scared of not doing that. <laughs> Well, I think it's hard when you're used to, you know, I have to check everything off on my list before I can even go to bed at night Mm -hmm. and then giving yourself a little grace and being like, it's okay. Some of these things can wait till tomorrow or that's not a priority right now. My health and my self-care is a priority. So that's amazing. Yeah, it was a a great journey. (laughs) And, um, And I'm glad that I was able to kind of give up some of that pride around wanting to be productive all the time and wanting to be the best at everything and, um, and just kind of give in to doing things that made, made myself feel well instead. Yeah. Well, how has your version of self-care changed now that you're expecting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm really glad. I feel like I, I kind of built up these self-care practices just in time yeah. for my pregnancy. Um, so Again, this was my, I started kind of building self-care habits in the fall, like September, October, November. And then in January, I found out I was pregnant. And, um, and I, I feel like my self-care practices helped me probably to become pregnant pretty easily um, and to have had a healthy pregnancy. Yeah. Um, because, you know, stress just affects every part of your health and, and it can make becoming pregnant kind of hard. Of course, there are other factors, but, um, but I am really glad that I started working on that before I got pregnant. Um, of course, it's definitely changed. So I, I was still active prior to pregnancy. Um, it was just, you know, low intensity kind of workouts. Once I hit that first trimester fatigue, I, um, I was pretty sedentary and I maybe went for a walk like once a week, maybe did yoga once a week, like prenatal yoga. And that was it. So I was commuting an hour each way into Manhattan for work. Um, and then I would come home at the end of, you know, like 11 hours and just collapse on the couch. I was so exhausted. Um, so I never forced myself to exercise. Like I knew I was way beyond having (laughs) any kind of energy for something like that. So I really gave myself a lot of grace during that time. And I knew that it was just a season. I knew that most likely the second trimester would be better. And thankfully it was, (laughs) (laughs) um, of course, right as I was hitting my second trimester, we went into quarantine, right? Um, some parts of being quarantined during pregnancy have been really tough. Like 
not being able to share this really special time in my life with family um, and friends. And, you know, my mom hasn't felt my belly yet. <laughs> it's, it's sad. And I mean, you know, some of my friends who are due really soon have had to cancel their showers. And yeah. um, so that part's rough, like socially, you know, it's rough for, for everybody. But I do feel like being in quarantine has made it a lot easier to practice self-care during my pregnancy. (laughs) So that's definitely been a huge silver lining for me. Um, My stress stress level feels so much lower than it has ever in my adult life, for sure. Um, Just removing the commute has helped a lot. um, And I have more time to go for walks and do my at-home pregnancy workouts, Mm. to read books, um, to relax on the couch with my husband and enjoy these last few months of time where it's just the two of us. (laughs) Um, And I mean, as far as like my, my mentality around workouts, I know some women, um, continue to do more high intensity workouts during pregnancy. And I mean, that's fine. That's totally not where I'm at. (laughs) Um, My mindset has been so different since I've been pregnant where I am in this sort of nurturing, I guess, kind of mindset where like I'm nurturing my body and I'm just really focused on like low intensity, um, building flexibility, building some strength and like preparing for labor and not pushing myself to the max, but, um, just doing things that are going to support my health right now and support the baby. And, you know, I read about what kinds of activities are best for baby right now. And I know walking is really good and swimming. If I were able to do that right now, would be great (laughs) Um, and stretching and yoga and things like that. So I'm sticking to the things that are more restorative. Yeah. And that feels like really right to me right now. I don't think that boxing, for example, would feel right to me right now. Hey gang, cutting in on this conversation real quick to tell you about my friends at The New Primal. I love this company not only because they make Whole30 approved sauces and meat sticks with just clean ingredients, but because of their mission of returning to the table. You know, food really does bring people together and with all of our busy lives, it's hard to sit down to a meal together with your own family and your other loved ones. But the new Primal is really focused on community and bringing people together around food. And why not do that with clean ingredients? I use their classic marinade weekly. Their mustard barbecue is the perfect dipping sauce and their ketchup as well. My kids love all their different spicy buffalo sauces as well. And like I said, their meat sticks are Whole30 approved, so I always have some in my handbag or in my glove compartment in my car if I need a quick emergency snack. So head over to thenewprimal.com and you can use the code EMILYNICHOLS22 to receive 15% off your order. So remember, go to newprimal.com and let us know how you are returning to the table and connecting with others through food and the new primal. Well, it's interesting going from one extreme to the other, you know, you were doing, you know, high intensity, like a boxing workout is pretty hardcore and labor intensive. And it was almost like you were preparing to go into this season of life. Mm -hmm. And then the quarantine hit and all that too. I mean, that first trimester is no joke. It is (laughs) 
<laughs> for something so tiny growing inside of you. Mm -hmm. It zaps so much energy, but yep. it's amazing you're listening to your body because I think maybe some women may be wanting to keep up a certain lifestyle or that they're at and, you know, pushing themselves too hard. It's not worth the exhaustion that they're right. going to feel afterwards or even the body soreness as well when you're carrying the extra weight up front. So it's really interesting, you know, just the timing too with the quarantine, just being able to allow yourself to rest even more and, you know, taking away that stressful commute. So you have that mm -hmm. extra time. I mean, maybe you get to work from home from now on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Exactly. I'm really, really grateful to be working from home now and have all this extra time to relax and just enjoy my pregnancy and do exactly what's right for my body instead yeah. of, you know, pushing hard. Yeah. Now, you know, I have two boys, they're 12 and eight, and it took me a while as a journey in itself when I became a mom, but figuring out what self-care looked like then, because this tiny little humans depending on you. And I think just being a mom and being nurturing, you want to put their needs first and everything. But I had to learn over time that, Hey, I need to fill my cup up first. That way I'm able to be a more present and engaging mom. How are you viewing you know, what do you feel like your self-care may look like once you become a mom? I know it's hard to say because you don't know what that's <laughs> going to look like, but have you thought about that at all? Yeah. I mean, it is, it is really tough to say. I yeah. will say I have not thought about it as much as I probably should be. Um, I've read a little bit about, you know, caring for yourself postpartum and to make sure that you have support lined up and yeah. meals prepared and don't be ashamed to ask for help because yeah. everybody needs help in mm -hmm. postpartum time. Um, so of course, you know, I have, I have, I guess, a little bit of a vision of what it will look like it is my first baby. So it's hard to know what to expect. And you know, you don't know what kind of baby you're going to get. <laughs> right. I mean, you never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you may, it may, it's survival mode sometimes those first few months. Right. Right. Yeah. But I love that you're already thinking like, Hey, it will be okay to ask for help, you know, mm -hmm. either just be daily tasks or even just, you know, talking to somebody if you mm -hmm. need to have an adult conversation or talking to another new mom to realize that maybe they're feeling maybe some of the same same feelings you are too. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was a little worried. Like when I, when I first got pregnant um, and I started going to prenatal yoga classes right away and I loved being in that community of pregnant women mm -hmm. and then coronavirus happened. And uh, so I, I was sad that I was going to miss out on that kind of community but honestly, everything's moved online. So I've continued to stay in these sort of prenatal groups that talk about all kinds of where you're able to come on and, and share your concerns and your experiences. And especially, you know, everything related to the uncertainty of this yeah. really unique time in history. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely plan to continue that after the baby comes. Um, I know a whole bunch of postpartum mom groups uh, where you can also come on and share your experiences and talk about any of your challenges and questions and support and encourage each other. So I think that's going to be really important for me um, just to, you know, feel like I'm not alone. And, you know, my husband can only understand so much as far as <laughs> pregnancy and postpartum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. So, um, you know, it'll, it'll be good to have other people to turn to. Well, being um, mom community is so 
important and it's really hard though too but technology is such a great blessing it's also kind of overwhelming right now since everything is virtual right mm -hmm. now but i'm so glad you're already thinking of that because community is everything yeah yeah i'm i'm really excited that i've kind of found this community nearby and so as of now i'm able to you know connect with them on zoom but in the future hopefully i'll be able to connect with them in real life and go to play groups with them and things like that um i think my main i guess plan for postpartum self-care would be just to be really to continue to be really gracious with myself and to focus on the basics as far as like keeping myself hydrated stretching you know incorporating movement into my daily life as much as I can, but also taking the time to rest when I'm not feeling up to it, if I'm having a rough day, um, you know, especially in the first couple of months postpartum when I'm still recovering. Um, I do have a postpartum workout plan that I'm hoping to do. <laughs> um, it's called Every Mother and I'm doing their prenatal plan right now. Nice. And it's very focused on core and pelvic floor strength and so it's very gentle and gradual for postpartum so you know i'm hoping that will work out if that doesn't end up feeling right for me then i'll find something else um i have plenty of things bookmarked of course right. <laughs> <laughs> um and just making sure that i keep my fridge stocked with like easy healthy foods even if it, you know i'm just having carrot sticks and ranch dressing or something like that, simple things. Um, you know, I, prior to being pregnant and I mean, I still, I love to cook, but in my pregnancy, I've scaled way back on my cooking and, you know, I've kept it much more simple. And I think that learning to do that and finding like really simple recipes or meals that I like is going to serve me well postpartum. Um, and not feeling pressure to make any really elaborate meals. Um, and it's, you know, it's helped me to keep myself eating nutritious foods while I'm pregnant, um, that I'm able to find sort of these healthier alternatives to some of those typical pregnancy cravings. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think I, th I hope that I'm in good shape for it. <laughs> Sounds like you have a good plan to me and you're already in the mindset that you're going to be gracious with yourself too. Mm -hmm. If you're like, that's not going to work out this way. So we're going <laughs> to pivot this way, which is so great. So, so great. Um, this is really great advice for anyone expecting a baby coming up and you know, with everything going on with the pandemic too, that brings on a whole different set of emotions. Like you already mentioned, you know, not being able to, you know, share as much with your family and friends. And I, I've known of some other women that have had to cancel their baby showers or they're really close to their due dates and that's giving them some, you know, some anxiety as well. What, what are some parting words you would leave for any other expecting mom going through what we're going through right now? <laughs> Um, my number one tip is to start a meditation practice. Mm. Even if it starts out with like three minutes of deep breathing, just stopping what you're doing, closing your eyes and following your breath for three minutes. Um, that's been huge for me as far as, I mean, the first trimester was, I was dealing with 
the uncertainty that comes along with the first trimester of pregnancy and the uncertainty of coronavirus and the quarantine and not knowing how coronavirus could affect me and the baby, not knowing if I was at a higher risk of contracting coronavirus because I was pregnant. Um, and that really freaked me out. <laughs> and as we, you know, people that we knew started getting coronavirus, um, I just, I panicked. And so one of the things that helped me the most was definitely meditation. Um, just deep breathing helped me to de-stress. There are also so many great, like really specific guided meditations that can help you with uncertainty around your health. I use an app called Expectful, and it's uh, meditation for women who are trying to conceive or are pregnant or postpartum, and they have a whole bunch of different guided meditations for, um, like if you're if you have a test coming up, like a a prenatal test or you know trusting your body, preparing for labor, sleep, all kinds of different things. And I found that to be extremely helpful to manage some of that anxiety. That's awesome. That's a great tip. Because right now, a lot of things seem uncontrollable. But one thing you can control is your mindset. And mm -hmm. that's a great way to, you know, calm yourself down and make yourself feel just more <sighs> about <laughs> everything going on. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Well, Laura, where can everyone connect with you online and continue to follow your journey? I am at laurasholekitchen.com and I'm also on Instagram and Facebook as Laura's Whole Kitchen. Super. Well, I'll make sure to include a link in the show notes so everyone can follow you along. But thank you so much for this conversation. I so appreciate you taking the time today. Great. Thank you. It was so much fun. Thank you, Laura, so much for this conversation and congratulations again on your upcoming arrival. I can't wait to follow along on social media to see when that little baby arrives. Gang, I'll make sure to include a link in the show notes so you're able to connect with Laura online, but let's get into my three biggest takeaways from this conversation. Number one, you don't have to hustle, okay? You don't have to hustle, and be so extremely busy. You know, I got to thinking after listening back to this episode, how many times when someone asks you who hasn't seen you, oh, how are you? How are things going? And you're always like, oh, busy, you know, because <laughs> that's what I always say. And it's always hustle, hustle, hustle. We're doing this, doing that. But a big part of self-care can be taking a step back from the hustle and the busyness and trying to be a perfectionist and really just give yourself the space to rest. As you could tell from the episode, that was actually very restorative for Laura, not only mentally, but physically as well, and really helped prepare her going into her pregnancy. So lose the term hustle. You know, I understand sometimes in life you're busier than others and that's okay, but make the space and time to rest. My second biggest takeaway is community. That's one of the tiers I teach about in my self-care coaching um, opportunity is how to connect with others because we crave connection and community. And as we've talked with other moms on the show in the past, when you become a new mom, being able to connect with other new moms or if you're expecting connecting with other women who are expecting as well, 
is a really great way to foster community and find other people that say, oh, yes, I'm feeling the same thing, or yes, it's normal to feel this way, or, you know, not sleep forever when you have a newborn. We crave it. We need community. So I love how Laura reached out online and has found a community, and she's already thinking about beyond pregnancy, how she can continue connecting. So mamas make the effort to connect. And with technology, it makes it just a little less scary than in person right now. And my third biggest takeaway was Laura's last tip was meditation, how that was such a game changer for her when she was um, taking a step back and restoring her health. But also right now with everything we're going on, she's being very intentional with her thoughts and meditation can go a long way. You know, the, the apps Headspace and Calm are two beautiful apps that help you do that. If you feel like I can't let my brain stop racing for one minute, let alone five or 10 minutes. But the more you do it, just speaking from experience, the more you meditate, The more you make that effort to be intentional with your thoughts and fill yourself with positivity, the more it will become a habit and the more you'll crave it because you'll see the positive effects of it. So gang, I hope this episode was helpful for you regardless if you are expecting a baby or not. We need to be intentional with what our self-care looks like right now so we are able to fill up the cups of others, whether you're filling up, helping to fill the cups up of your children, a spouse, even a colleague or a friend. You have to put yourself first. And becoming a mom, you feel <laughs> it's you do, you do so many unselfish things because you want to put your kids first. But over time, that's going to develop into burnout. Okay, just like how I mentioned, I was overworked, I was overworking out, and my body was feeling it. It can be the same thing being a mom. Okay, so be intentional with your thoughts, with your time, with taking time to rest and asking for help. Like I said, regardless if you're a mama or not, I hope you take this inspiration into what self care looks like for you. So, gang, please leave a rating and review in iTunes. It makes it so much easier to help people find the show and make sure to connect with Laura online. I so appreciated having her on. I always like bringing on fellow Whole30 certified coaches because everyone has their own different perspectives and experiences to share, which I just love. I'm only taking private Whole30 clients on right now. If you're interested, there's always a link in the show notes for that as well. So gang, thank you so much again for listening. I'm here for you on social media at emilynichols22 or at Self-Care Isn't Selfish Podcast. Thank you again for 10,000 downloads. I love you all. So super grateful. And I'll see you next week. Bye.